J.J. Watt announcing his retirement from the NFL after the end of the regular season is his peak, the greatest peak we've seen all time from a defensive lineman. Two concussions, Carson Wentz now going to start down the stretch for the Washington Commanders that need to win to get into the playoffs. All that and more coming up on today's mailbag episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That is where most of the questions will come from on today's mailbag episode of P&W. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this is the game for you uh, to download this game. Just visit ultimate dash gm.com or look it up on the app stores our listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game that is ultimate football gm put your foot put your gm hat on folks so matt and i are going to be asked to put our gm hats on in today's mailbag episode of peacock and williamson we've got to start with uh, the the retirement of JJ Watt and mm-hmm. the question from Jared here who is, is the question is is this did he have the greatest peak because maybe even for some young NFL fans it's been a little while now those three defensive player of the year awards which is I mean that's something right getting one defensive player of the year award is is uh, you know oh, massive big yeah. time for uh, for an NFL player he got three of them his stretch of of seasons early in his career were absurd and jared's question is was it the best peak we've ever seen because uh, it's kind of nice for a player like jj watt and seeing how he's been so injured and had some really massive injuries and how the end of his career he's a good not great player now just how amazing he was for a stretch in the nfl and how impactful he was yeah i don't know if his peak is number one but it's certainly in the conversation And I'm going to kind of alter the question a little bit in that, you know, where is he on the pathion of greatest defensive players that have ever played the game? To me, I think Lawrence Taylor's number one, but it's not a huge gap. It's not Jerry Rice. And then I'm not sure who the second receiver is, you know, or I always like the Justin Tucker. And then I don't know who the next kicker is. Right. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Anyway, mapping the field. Some players were uh, there's, there's some defensive players and, and Lawrence Taylor's scary, and the, the blindside hits. If you just go look at his blindside hit highlight reel, like that's got to affect you as a quarterback, knowing that guy's out oh. there. At least with JJ Watt and Aaron Donald, you kind of see him coming a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah, and what Taylor did was new too. Like right. we usually block those guys with tight ends and running backs. Well, good freaking luck with that, you know. And and then you have three guys on him, and he changes the game. Uh, I didn't plan on talking about a lot of Lawrence Taylor, but not long ago, I'm a dork. I went to YouTube and I looked up Lawrence Taylor run defense. It's awesome. You know, he's chasing running backs from the backside, hacking the ball out. So he's my number one. Um, I do think there is a tier, though, of the elites that probably eight, ten defensive players ever. J.J. absolutely is on it. Um, Aaron Donald would be the only other contemporary that I would put on that list. We're talking Reggie White, you know, those type of dudes that are transcendent, no-brainer, you know, Hall of Famer, first ballot guys. 
And I have two numbers that might startle people about Watt. And first one is from Pro Football Focus. And I don't love pressures as a stat because I think they're a little subjective. If I ever write an article, I never cite pressures because this, I kind of think it depends on what mood the guy's in that day that's that's picking them. It's, but that tackles are the same. Just just real quick, tackles are the same way. Tackles, are, yeah, yeah, I never cite it, them. Yeah. Defensive stats are tough. Like unless you actually like intercepted the ball or completed the sack, it's really hard with defensive stats, and that's why you have to kind of lean on your eyes mm-hmm. uh, and you have to take all of these stats together and realize that the numbers could be different, a little bit fluffed. You know, whether it's QB hits or 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 pressures. Uh, you know, or PFF grades, you want to match what the the stat says, match it with what you're seeing with your eyes. And with someone like J.J. Watt, those things did match. Yes. So I guess Pro Football Focus has been um, recording pressures, which, again, I don't love the stat, since 2006. So this doesn't include White and Taylor and, you know, some of those guys. But still, it gives you an idea that since 2006, only three instances has someone had 100 or more pressures in a season. Max Crosby last year had 100. 2018, Aaron Donald had 106. J.J. Watt had 119 in 2014. You know, like, that's crazy. Like, not only is it number one, but it's number one by a big, big margin. If if 100 is an unbelievable barometer and he's at 119, wow. You know, I mean, 21 sacks. 21 sacks, 44 hits, 54 hurries. I'm more of a believer in tackles for loss because, hey, if you tackle a guy behind the line of scrimmage, it's a tackle for loss. So <laughs> this one's a little more mind-boggling to me. So the record for tackles for loss in a season is 39 in 2012 by J.J. Watt. You know, 39 tackles for loss. Second place is 29 in the season. Also by J.J. Watt in 2014 and 2015. So he not only has the best season by like 33% more than anybody else, he also has second and third place. You know, I mean, like that was his dominance. The 2012 to 2015 era, he was the best player in the game. And for those folks that that don't remember it well, just think about what the peak has been for Aaron Donald. And and I think that's the best conversation because it's easier to, you know, both kind of interior guys, uh, although – and Aaron Donald. J.J. Watt played outside quite a bit. Yeah, J.J. Watt was more of that five technique, and he would get outside the tackle sometimes, but a lot of work inside as well on passing downs. Um, But like kind of quote-unquote interior guys, and – that's a really tough conversation. You know, which peak do you take right. Aaron Donald or JJ Watt? And so if, if you weren't sure how good JJ Watt was, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the league. That's what JJ Watt was. And they both could win defensive MVP every year and it gets boring. Right. You know, it's like Michael Jordan winning MVPs or Wayne yeah. Gretzky winning scoring titles or whatever, you know, like, yeah, that's the favorite over the whole field. Last note too is, the J.J. Swat stuff, batting passes down, was revolutionary, too. Oh, like, yes. He's so good at it. You know, it wasn't just luck. You, you think about a guy who's getting 20 sacks and defending that many passes right. at the same time. He's affecting the passing game more than any player, maybe ever. So that's the maybe argument ever. for right. Watt, I think, right there. Absolutely. So he is in the Mount Rushmore of defensive players. Carson Wentz, Matt. Do you think Carson oh, – by the way, so the – JJ Watt's final home game coming up in week 17. I just saw this, which is just a pretty cool story about, you know, life coming together and his career ending his, uh, his son 
is going to see his dad play for the first time in his last home game coming up here in week 17. JJ Watt. Yeah, newborn. I guess there's a pictures that I think that's how he announced his retirement yeah. and all that. And I, I I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure that influences his decision. Is we just had our first kid. You know, we're gonna yeah. and boys. Like how much more can your body take? Because he's right. gone through a lot injury wise since that peak. And yeah, but fantastic career. So. I also don't think coming back to Arizona next year is very attractive. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see if he unretires in the offseason and, and has an ability to, to ring chase for a different franchise. Maybe if that changes his mind, but maybe yeah. the Steelers with his brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one more season with the Steelers. That would be pretty cool. That you don't need cool. the money, JJ. We'll give you a million. Come play with TJ and Derek for a year. It'll be fun. You and Cam Hayward will be buddies. Where's the Watt family from originally? Uh, Wisconsin area. Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Up, yeah. up north. So he's not worried about the cold weather. No, he can hack it. Okay. Uh, next, we got to talk about Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback down the stretch for the Washington Commanders trying to play their way into the playoffs. I feel like we saw this in Indianapolis last year. And uh, Tua, it, should Tua shut it down with the concussions this year? Matt, you have an interesting stat about Tua and uh, what his play was like post-concussion last week and a scary situation in the NFL when it comes to head injuries. Tons of other questions as well on this mailbag episode of Peacock and Williamson. Ultimate Football GM is our new partner and sponsor for today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, well, your dream can come true in this game. And this game is definitely for you. Ultimate Football GM. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the entire offseason draft, ups and downs of a season, and all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. I've in my second season trying to turn around a franchise uh, on Ultimate Football GM. I think I've got my quarterback in place. I just need to put the pieces around him, trying to build the team as I preach teams should be building the, their NFL franchises here on the podcast. And you can too. And Peacock and Williamson listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store. That's promo code locked on, one word, all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are a listener of Peacock and Williamson, you probably had a bonus episode over the holiday, a year-end special that was hosted by Locked On Sports today's Peter Bukowski. So I hope you enjoyed that. And if you did, go check out Locked On Sports today every day for all the sporting news around the world okay matt carson wentz yeah the this is a um so the 49ers have kind of been doing a number on teams this year the teams sure. that play against the 49ers i think are something like one and 12 one and 13 after they play the 49ers uh does that mean they've played a terrible schedule or does that mean they're affecting the teams they're playing against and I argued on the podcast after the show on Locked On 49ers because Carson Wentz replaced Taylor Heineke during the game. My advice to Ron Rivera then was don't make a quarterback change versus, on, versus 
you know, based on versus playing the 49ers, the best, best defense, defense league, right? Yeah. They've been doing that to everybody for the last eight games in their eight game win streak. Sure. And lo and behold, the news is Carson Wentz is going to start for the Washington commanders as they try to get into the playoffs the last two weeks of the season. The Indianapolis Colts did this exact same thing last year and they did not get in. Uh, did uh, are is Ron Rivera and the Washington commanders, Matt doomed to repeat the, the mistakes made from the Indianapolis Colts last year. It's a good point about the Niners. Like you said, the toughest test that you can have in this league. Let's not judge them by the outlier teams. Yeah, and you had already gone through the process of deciding. Ah, hey, Taylor Heineke's our guy. He's got the locker room, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. he made some turnovers. But Carson Wentz turns the ball over too, so you're not even helping yourself there either. So I, I don't really know what the point is of this. I think you're just kind of maybe maybe there's no right decision, so it doesn't matter. But. I just, no, I, I just, it doesn't feel like the right way to go out here for the commanders with Carson Wentz if they do indeed go out. But maybe it is the right decision. I don't know. I mean, post Christmas quarterback changes not due to injury for potential playoff teams is not a good formula. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty <laughs> safe to say. You, you know, like, well, what do I want for Christmas? I'm going to put the backup quarterback in, you know. Um, I understand it, though. I like your Niner point because, hey, that's the, the hardest test you're going to get. I think, though, you've probably, if you're the coaching staff at Washington, you've probably said Heineke's a really good backup. He does have the locker room. Easy to root for. I want him on my team. He can win games for me for a month or six weeks. But deep down, when I really evaluate this player, he's not good enough to get me where I need to go. Is Wentz? Probably not. But he's, there's there's still more hope. You know, I mean, Wentz was the second pick in the draft. He's a bigger, stronger, better thrower. Is this the time to make the change? I don't know. I mean, is your goal just to get in the playoffs? Probably Heineke would give you the better chance over the last two games. Is your goal to win playoff games and evaluate Wentz further for the future? I think then Wentz makes sense. So neither is the answer, I think. I mean, I think you said that well. Maybe the answer is neither. That's probably true. If you were out of it, would it be how right now? You know, I mean, just to see what right. the kid can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand it. Uh, I mean, I was a big, big Wentz supporter. And frankly, I was wrong about him. But I also think he's gotten a little bit of the short end of the stick the last couple. He's been a little bit of the whipping boy, you know, the guy that's easy to blame. And I guess he's not the most likable fella either, <laughs> or best teammate either. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a tough combination there. Yeah, so we'll see yeah. how that ends for the Washington Commanders. We'll have all those games previewed for Week 17 coming up on the show starting tomorrow. Uh, we we got to talk about Tua here. Yeah, uh, we this do. is uh, a, uh, it's an unfortunate situation for him, and I didn't even realize how stark it was. And, and of course, we learned more about the concussion, the most recent concussion for Tua, and obviously he missed some games earlier in the year because of a concussion. Now has another one that he reported symptoms Monday after the game, and uh, we had a question from A. Hendricks on on Twitter about. Tua and he says it's time to put your GM hat on guys uh you're running the Miami Dolphins what are you doing with Tua and then there's some questions about into the future as well next year if if Tua is going to be your guy but uh, one of my questions here with this Matt is do you do you shut Tua down should Tua shut himself down or do you think this concussion thing is this bad I think it's really worrisome so you mentioned I did have a stat Warren Sharp put out a tweet and all I did was retweet it but he also has the clip where he strongly suspects Tua was concussed. And it's about two There's two minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. And he dumps one off to Gusecki. 
and gets gets tackled by the legs, the lower body, twists, his back hits the ground, and then his head snaps right off the turf. And it sure looks like that's as good a spot as any to say that's where it occurred. Which, of course, especially around this team, and I don't really want to go down this road, brings up the question, why aren't the doctors, why aren't the neurologists on this more, and why did he finish the game? But everybody killed him, myself included, on Monday. I didn't know anything about a concussion. I'm just like, Tua fell apart in that game. Right. Well, if if Warren's right about where the concussion took place, pre-concussion, he was 9 of 12 for 229 yards, 19.1 yards per attempt, one touchdown, no interceptions. After this play, whether that's a concussion or not, he's 9 of 13 for 81 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, and three really bad interceptions and cost his team the game. Like, I can't blame the guy and say, boy, you stink if he's playing out there concussed, you know, obviously. But I'm going to sound coarse here. I really worried about Tua's durability coming out of Alabama, you know, and that was before concussions. I mean, he had the hip. He had all sorts of issues. He's not the biggest guy. He takes hits. He stays in harm's way often to his credit, to deliver the football. He's not super mobile to get out of the way, but he kind of plays like a mobile quarterback. So he takes punishment. And another concussion on top of things really has me concerned. And to put the GM hat on, I think more than most teams, you're going to have to spend some decent money on a number two, whether that's Bridgewater, Brissett, Wentz, Heineke, you know, those type of guys. I don't think you can ignore it with the Dolphins. And lastly, that begs the other question. Again, we're just talking business here. I hope the young man is fine. Can I extend him? That I don't know, because he's also not a Herbert Burrow level talent. And you can't leave it up to NFL players to monitor it themselves. No. To play through it. So yeah. it's up to you to shut him down if you think he's in harm's way. And it's, you know, what what we know, what little we know. I'm not a doctor, but what, what we've learned and what I've been told is that, it may, you know, the more you have concussions, the easier it is to get your next concussion, especially mm-hmm. in the short term. And maybe we've seen that. Maybe he wouldn't have been concussed this time if he wasn't already concussed earlier in the season. So do you take him out? Of you know you're, you're trying to get in the playoffs and win some games. It's clear you're your best quarterback, and that's a tough situation. Do you try to take him out? And if you're taking him out because of concussions, then are you worried long term? Uh, are you trying to de- draft and develop a guy behind him? Do you go a veteran in the off season? Mm-hmm. It's better have uh, a solid number two and some kind of plan. It's a really tough situation. And then there's the argument that's like, well, all these guys are playing hurt and a lot of guys are concussed. And didn't Cody or didn't um, I always want to call him Cody Pickett? Didn't Kenny Pickett have? A couple concussions already too this year. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, and I mean that worries me too. Bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you know, is that just the thing? And, and a lot of these guys have it, so it's yeah. not just Tua himself. But clearly, that last game we were talking about was like, well, you scored twenty points in the first half and zero points in the second half. That was, you know, what happened there? Just completely collapsed. And you might have a clue as to why now. And and if at this point, go, seeing what the Dolphins already went through earlier this season, I think you almost have to sit him down at least one game, and and maybe mm-hmm. you do have to. Maybe do you have to shelve him for the season? Maybe, maybe. I, I always hate talking medical because I know I don't know. I mean, someone's getting paid much more than I am to analyze this, but I'm sure there'll be more you know, questions about the Dolphin organization and their handling of this as well, as well as their independent neurologist or whomever. Um, it's not a great look, and it always seems to be around this team and this player, unfortunately. And they're in a bind. I mean, they've lost four in a row, 
they're far from a sure thing to go to the playoffs, no matter who their quarterback is. And how about this crazy stat? There, there's been, I think, 63 was the number. It's right around there, somewhere between 60 and 70. Teams that have gone winless in December. The, of those teams, none have made the playoffs. If you don't win a game in December, no team has ever gone to the playoffs. Jets and Dolphins both went winless in December. Wow. How about that little nugget? That's You got some good nuggets today, man. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah. And I wonder... If on the other side of things, what teams' records are in the playoffs if they if they swept December? Yeah, right, right, right. Is you getting know, hot at the end of the year a real thing? I, I bet it is. Speaking of that, how about those Chargers? We've got a question about the Chargers. If they might be that sneaky team this year in the playoffs that's uh, getting hot at just the right time and more coming up to finish up today's Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from The League available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL, which happens to be the home of Peacock and Williamson as well. So make sure you're subscribed up to the Locked On NFL channel on Twitter. I mean, on on YouTube. Uh, Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present time. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. So head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts. Available now, Audible, get in the game. Let's go to Zachary, who has a question here about his Los Angeles Chargers. He says, with Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater coming back along with getting healthy and on a three-game winning streak, as well as the talent that we have on both, uh, the the talent we have on this team on both sides of the ball, who says L.A. can't win it all this season? Well, there was an L.A. that won it last year, so maybe it just stays... (laughs) Maybe the trophy just stays in Los Angeles this year. What do you think about those Chargers right now? The way Zach uh, lays it out here, the Chargers are one of those teams that are probably uh, in a pretty good spot coming into the playoffs that have you know leapfrog teams like the the Miami Dolphins that were hotter earlier in the season. Yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, I I, I really think Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati are their own tier in the AFC. You know, that the, they're they're the top three teams. And we can talk about who's four or what order those top three are in. That doesn't really matter for the Chargers, but I do think, you know, the, the order of the top three, I mean. But I probably would vote the Chargers as the fourth best team in the conference. Unfortunately, that means a wild card, you know, uh, approach. You're not going to be at home and well, not they have a great home field advantage anyway. But I really like how they're playing. Um the Bosa Slater thing is very important to me. Slater's a great left tackle. They need somebody other than Khalil Mack. I, I just looked while we were at break there. Both of those guys were hurt early October. And it, it sounds like the original prognostication was right around this time they'll be back. You keep hearing the rumors, especially Bosa, but you can't really verify them. But I would think they're there for the playoffs. You know, I mean, the Chargers already clinched a spot. They're going to be a wild card team. So maybe you don't rush them back in the regular season. There's a couple things that worry me about them is they're not real explosive on offense. I mean, deep passing game. 
And they really have very little running game whatsoever. So if they have to go to Cincy or Buffalo or Kansas City and weather's a problem, their run defense and run offense has some gives me some pause. But yes, I could I could write a story where they get hot and Herbert's a stud and they win the whole thing. No matter how it ends, I think they're going to take a look at the offensive coordinator over there because too yeah. much talent, and I know they were banged up a lot, but you got a guy like Justin Herbert, and uh, there should be a lot more fireworks on yes. that offense. Yes. Um, and, and with the resources they put in the offensive line, do you run on the ball? Mm-hmm. They've awesome. got a lot of O-line injuries, but yeah. still, they, they need – I mean, they, they've, they don't have a lot of excuses other than injuries. I would put them though. Uh, you're right. So uh, of the of the group of teams, I think there's five teams that that I'm putting money on to win a Super Bowl this year. I think right mm-hmm. now the hottest teams in the NFC are the Eagles and the 49ers. The Cowboys sure. are, are I put right behind those two teams. And then there's obviously the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd still put the Bills up there and and the Bengals now. Uh, and so I'd have like sort of the 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 Chargers in the AFC and the Cowboys in the NFC, which is like they're right there of the team like. Would not surprise me if they were both in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Still have some questions. Yeah, I would put both those teams as not in tier one in their conference, but better than the rest. You know what I mean? Yes. Pretty clearly. Right. You know? They should beat up on the rest of the the, the wildcard teams. Yes. Uh, side note, I was just on, on Football Outsiders site and their DVOA came out for the week. And their big headline is there's seven teams and everybody else. I'm like, seven? I can see six. I can't see seven. They have the Ravens lumped in with those teams. I don't see that at all. I mean, their defense is phenomenal. Their passing game is brutal, though. Uh, yeah, I guess healthy 100% Lamar. Lamar right. I, I can buy that being more of the case, but it's tough because we haven't seen that in a I bit. Know. Yeah, I, I don't see that. And is he going to be 100% in the playoffs? Right, right, right. I don't know if he's playing this week. Let's finish this up with JDS. Uh, JDS actually has two good questions. One, and it's kind of t- actually, there's a couple of questions that tie in here. Let's see if we can do this quickly. Um, Shantanu says, is there a history never repeats, but rhymes vibe to this season, mostly talking about the emergence of running game as an equalizer for, for, for poor teams and a game changer for good teams uh, in the playoffs. What happens to teams that can't, won't run the ball like Buffalo? See, I don't think Buffalo can't run, won't run the ball. I mean, if you look at their attempts and yardage, it isn't bad. It's just a little untraditional because it's a lot of Allen, it's Singletary, it's Cook. I mean, it's not a Saquon Barkley, Bell Cow type guy. I mean, the Chargers worry me more. Um, the Chiefs are running the ball a fair amount. This year's changed a little bit. I mean, they're they're not just pass, 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 pass in Kansas City and Buffalo. But I understand his point. Running games travel, good offensive lines travel. There's going to be weather. There's times you're going to have to lean on it. And I absolutely think the running games this year are much more important than they've been the last five or 10, without question. And I'm really looking forward to football outsiders, pro football focus, really doing studies and analytics studies of the value of the running game in 2022. I mean, I keep going back to, the Falcons, the Giants, teams like that, that really aren't that talented that have hung around all year only because of their running game mostly. So, I mean, even like Chicago has been competitive and they have no good players. You know, I mean, let alone the Ravens and teams like that, Tennessee, right. you know. So I do think the running game is more important and is in a transitional stage with how we view it. And if you can't run the ball in the playoffs, I absolutely think that could be a deal breaker, no doubt. 
I think both the the Chiefs and the Bills kind of look back at last season and were like, well, we, we don't want to have to go mm-hmm. in this 45 to 43 game in the playoffs, right, against a, another team. And we want to be able to run the ball, keep the ball away. So to me, it's all about the quarterbacks still, but how the running game impacts those quarterbacks. If you don't have a great quarterback, you better have a good running game and a good defense in the playoffs. And if the team you're playing against has a great quarterback, it's nice to run the ball to keep that quarterback on the sideline and not on the field. So that's what where it all matters to me. But if you're a team that does have one of the great quarterbacks, like if you are Buffalo or Kansas City, I don't think it's that big of a deal because I think you're still ahead of the game and you could throw your way to a lot of wins. And, and we've seen that before mm-hmm. as well. But um, it is nice to be able to have that balance and be able to run the ball when you need it in the playoffs in cold weather, clearly. I just want to check real quick on run-pass ratio. Kansas City's throwing the ball the sixth most in the league, six. Buffalo's at 15. They're right in the middle. But mm-hmm. the teams that aren't running the ball hardly at all, Tampa, the Chargers who we talked about, Minnesota, Arizona, Miami, they're the top five with highest pass percentage. I think that's destroyed Tampa Bay. We already mentioned the Chargers. That worries me. It really worries me about Miami. I mean, they've had one good running game that I can remember. That was the Buffalo game. And some of those teams that are throwing the ball a lot aren't throwing the ball far. It's right, it's right. Just dink and dunk. Passing game is the running game. Tampa Bay. It's just brutal watching them on offense right now. So um, they, those teams are clearly missing a running game because the passing game is the running game, and they're not dropping back and able to throw the ball down the field either. Yeah. One last nugget, everyone. You know, Tom Brady is the fastest. Get it out of your hands. He's at like two point three seconds. That's the fastest in the league. This past week, he was at one point eight eight. That's like impossible. It's, 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 it's way fast. too fast. Like yeah. people are like, why is it Mike Evans getting going? Cause he can't get open in 1.88 seconds, you know, 30 yards downfield. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. All right. Thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen back tomorrow. Start starting to make picks for oh, yeah, yeah. 17. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.